What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demling here with y'all. As always, coming to y'all here from Louisville, Kentucky. Before we get going, as always, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Helps us grow the podcast, helps us grow the channel. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, please subscribe on there. Leave the five-star review on Apple Podcast, and again, you can get the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, and plenty of other podcasting outlets. Not a ton to talk about today uh, on today's show in terms of the immediate news. We will go over the recently released schedule of Villanova. There are a number of schedules that have been released uh, over the past week or so. We're not going to go over every schedule on here, but some of those uh, upper teams, we certainly will. We'll be looking at Villanova here in just a minute. We'll also be uh, looking at a Michigan fall snapshot here, uh, fall snapshot look at Michigan here uh, with the Wolverines as that series is winding down on the site. Again, you can check out lacrossebucket.com. Go to the uh, there's a pinned tab, the 2022 College Across, or 2023, I should say, College Across Central. Can read fall snapshot previews for every single team. Also have rosters, schedules, and schedule previews as they're released. Uh, links to those are on that page as well. Uh, really, where you can find everything uh, at preview-wise, heading into knowledge-wise, that you need heading into the 2023 across season. All right, let's get going here and previewing this Villanova schedule. Um, and let's, again, if you're watching on YouTube, I will pull this up on the screen uh, so you can see it as I'm speaking on it. If you're listening to the uh, uh, to the audio, obviously, uh, you can uh, pull this up yourself as well, Villanova's website. Uh, has it? Let's see. Share screen. Right. There we go. Twenty twenty three Villanova schedule breakdown, and uh, let's get right into here. So, first and foremost, I want to look down here um, at you know new opponents, teams dropped. This is essentially the same schedule that Villanova had last season. Um, the only difference is they dropped uh, Fairfield, added Monmouth and Navy. So, um, and, and this is this is a very tough schedule. We've seen a number of schedules come out, not a ton from kind of the upper echelon teams thus far. Uh, Villanova has released their schedule. Hofstra uh, being another one, uh, you know, top mid major there that has released their schedule, but. Not a ton of, uh, of prominent schedules, if you will say that. We don't have Maryland or Virginia, any of those programs yet. Villanova, the biggest schedule that we've seen thus far. And uh, very similar to what we've seen from Villanova uh, really over the past five, six, seven years. Uh, the Wildcats start this season against the Nittany Lions. Uh, they've started the year against each other, Penn State Villanova. Or I should say Villanova has started the year against Penn State. Every single season since, I believe, 2017, uh, and that is uh, subtracting the 2021 season where they couldn't play. 
Um, we both had conference only schedules. So uh, Villanova, Penn State playing uh, to start the season. This one is in Villanova this time. Remember, this was a 13 uh, to 12 game last season. Uh, it was, yeah, 13 12 game last season with Villanova uh, taking that one. Penn State put together a, a heck of a comeback there late in that one. Uh, and then the Wildcats will. And, and by the way, something interesting. All these first three games, very important, very tough um, for both teams involved. Also, all on Sundays, which I, I just found interesting there. So uh, Villanova will then they play Penn State on Sunday, the 12th, February 12th. We'll then go and play Yale uh, at Villanova once again. It's a home game on Sunday, February 19th. Um, another series has been going on for quite a while. Villanova and Yale has given us a lot of exciting games, a lot of exciting contests between these two programs. Uh, it was a 14-12 to 12 Yale victory last season. And uh, this was what, what was last year. You saw Matt, Matt Brandau have a, a phenomenal game for Yale. You saw really this Villanova offense these first two games here last season. Kind of got to see what they were going to look like with some of those fifth-year guys in there. Villanova returns a number of players, Matt Campbell, uh, Patrick Daly, are on the offensive end most notably uh, this season. So expecting two really good contests there once again, Penn State and Yale as Villanova opens the season. Two games I'm always excited to watch, two games I'm always excited for as the season gets going. Um, after those two games, they have another Sunday game against Delaware. This one is on the road at Delaware. And this is going to be a tough game. This is going to be a, another tough battle for Villanova to start the season. Uh, this is against a team that made the NCAA quarterfinals last season. And they return practically everybody from that team. They lose very, very little from that team. Matt Kilkiri, Owen Grant, both back on defense. Uh, this is going to be a uh, really good Delaware team, and this will be a good Villanova team, I, I expect, as well. So uh, another big battle there uh, to open the season. Uh, those first three weeks for, for, for Villanova are pretty tough. Um, the Wildcats will then be at Hofstra, which is, uh, I think, going to be an interesting game. Again, there we've, we talked about that one a little bit um, when we previewed Hofstra's schedule. But Hofstra, a team that was pretty young last season, returns a lot of guys. Uh, Villanova, you know, was fairly young on defense. Uh, they returned some some veterans on offense, and, and we'll see how things work there. But I think that's going to be a, a a good contest, maybe a good measuring, maybe more of a better measuring stick for Hofstra than for Villanova, but still an interesting game there. Um, and like I said, these are all teams that Villanova played last season, minus Monmouth and Navy. Um, then the Philly Ford Classic is back. Uh, Villanova plays Drexel, and this game will actually be at St. Joseph's, so a neutral site game there. And then they will play uh, Penn uh, two days later uh, at uh, at Penn uh, Franklin Field there. So uh, you know, two big in in city uh, crosstown rivalries, uh, you could say there between those two teams, uh, Drexel and Penn. Uh, playing Villanova there, and, and that's always an exciting event, the Philly Four Classic. A lot of good lacrosse teams there in the Philadelphia area. Good to see them going against each other in some non-conference battles. 
Uh, good to see the Philly Four Classic back once again after uh, about a two-year hiatus, I guess, 2020 and 2021. Uh, oh, they didn't play last year either, so really a three-year hiatus, uh, if you put it that way, if you include 2020. Uh, Monmouth and Villanova. Villanova heads to Monmouth on the 18th, and then they head. They will have two home games against Navy and against Brown to end the non-conference slate. Uh, that Navy game is is very interesting to me uh, with when you look at Navy and, and what they bring back and you've got the new offensive coordinator there. You've got the offense that really kind of, I, I think, peaked at certain times last season and then other times wasn't maybe as good. Um, you've got a defense that kind of had to be rebuilt last season and, and we'll see how things are looking this year. Obviously, Jackson Bonitz, uh the headliner there on defense for the midshipmen. Um, going to be an interesting game between both those teams, two teams that, uh, you know, from kind of how I view it, are kind of on the outside looking in when you look at the uh, conference championship race, conference title race, and uh, Villanova, or Navy more so than Villanova, uh, but I think both have the opportunity to uh, get to that conference championship game this season, and I think it's going to be tight here, and we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a second with the Big East. But uh, Brown, another game, uh, very much similar kind of boat there. Um, this was a game, I believe, that was played much earlier in the season last year, uh, Villanova-Brown, uh, and a game that was very much a game of runs. You saw both these teams play an exciting brand of lacrosse, fast brand of lacrosse. Uh, excited to see this one on the schedule once again here, Villanova and Brown. Uh, now, in terms of the Big East play, you you open Big East play against St. John's, uh, first-year head coach Justin Tilly. You then go to Denver and obviously face a, uh, you know, a, a, a veteran coach there in Bill Tierney and a program that's looking to kind of get back to prominence uh, after uh, a down season last year and really a down couple of years for the Pioneers, uh, I guess, 2021 excluded from that. Um, you then at Providence, another first-year head coach in Bobby Benson, and then you're against, uh, against Marquette at home. Uh, that's a program that, you know, has been kind of on the cusp there of the fourth best team in the uh, Big East for a number of years now. I think they uh, should probably stay in that realm uh, this season. Um, but, you know, Providence with the new head coach, we'll see how they do. Uh, both those games, I think, are uh, the Providence-Marquette game, very big for the opposing teams. I would say bigger for the opposing teams. Obviously, conference games, you always want to win those because you want to make that postseason. You want to get that tournament bid, so you have to win those. But uh, at the same time, I think for Providence-Marquette, when you look at where both those programs are, those games are probably more important to them um, for the sense of trying to get back to where uh, we've seen these teams be in the past when they are competing for Big East titles. Um, and then Villanova ends the season at Georgetown, uh, which, you know, and, and we'll get into this Big East race here now. The Denver game and the Georgetown game are the two games that I'm circling for this Villanova team in terms of conference play. Villanova beat Denver for the first time since the 2018 regular season in, conf in the uh, conference semifinals last year. They lost by, I think it was 14 to 12 loss in the 
regular season game uh, between these two. And uh, Villanova last season was able to take advantage of a of a Denver team that was maybe not uh, that was certainly not as good as we've seen Denver be in the past, and was able to take advantage of that. Was able to show that they were the better team last season. Uh, probably should have won that regular season game, uh, but they ended up knocking them off in, in the Big East semifinals. They then go and they play Georgetown, a team they haven't lost to or they haven't beaten since I believe twenty seventeen. Um, uh, thereabouts. So it's been quite a while. Uh, I don't know a six game, six or eight game losing streak against uh, the Hoyas for Villanova. And if they can beat Denver, if they can beat Georgetown, um, they're going to have the number one seed in the Big East tournament. And both those wins would be humongous, especially the Georgetown win, be humongous wins for the Villanova program that is looking to get back to the NCAA tournament. This is a program that is consistently one of the best mid-majors in the country is consistently uh, right there in that kind of like 12, in that like 12, 14 to like 20-ish spot in the rankings. They're always really good, always consistent, and that uh, they just, because of the conference they're in, you're only really going to get one Big East team in most of the time. You can get two in some years. We've seen that. Um, but this is a, they're always a bubble out. Like they're always usually the first or second team out. And we've seen that for a number of years now with Villanova. And, uh, you know, they're looking to get past that and get past that, that box they've kind of been put in and get to that next level. And, and to be a Georgetown would certainly get them to that next level, would certainly be a massive, massive win for the Wildcats if they can pull that off in Big East play. Uh, so, uh, again, a, a tough schedule for Villanova, like usual, very similar schedule to last year. And, uh, look, if they can pull off a number of those wins, even in non-conference play, like we could see them. Like, when you look at what Yale is going to be, you look at what uh, Delaware is going to be, when you look at what Brown possibly could be, what Penn State could possibly be, these are teams that are going to be in contention or should be in contention for their conference championship. These are programs that could be in contention for NCAA tournament spots. Going over getting those wins like they got last season, plus beating a Denver or a Georgetown, humongous, humongous for this program, might might make them from a bubble out to a bubble in team in the NCAA tournament. So uh, this, this is another tough schedule that uh, Villanova coming into the season has a lot to prove and uh, expect them to be just as consistent as, as always. All right, moving on here to the Michigan fall snapshot look. And, uh, look, this is a uh, this is a Michigan program that I think is, you know, this was a team last year that started 8-0. We thought was very good, right? Um, however, they end the season on a eight-game losing streak. And lose to Ohio State twice in the regular season and then in the Big Ten quarterfinals. This and a good Ohio State team, very good Ohio State team, I should mention at that. This is a team that lost to Johns Hopkins, lost to Penn State last year, two teams that were, I think, dramatically down, uh, Penn State more than Hopkins, certainly. But um, this is a team that. Uh, you know, you came into last season and obviously the injury to Bryce Clay 
know, play a part in it, but uh, you get Ryan Cohen there on attack, and, and this is an attack unit that was, was pretty good. It's a midfield unit that produced as the season went on. You saw, you know, you know Jake Bonomi in there, uh, and then you saw Justin Brown emerge kind of late in the season, started the final three games, had that six-goal game against Penn State as a reserve coming in there and really blowing up. And the midfield didn't prove. The defense didn't prove. Uh, when you look at Andrew Darley, Shane Carr, and Cage, Nick Rowlett was was very similar at the face-off dot. Um, and they had a good uh, unit there at the face-off dot of one, two, three different guys that they could put out there and be successful at the dot. Um, however, like Michigan, on paper, when you look at this team, and I'm reading this right here, who's coming back? Josh Water back. Michael Bain, back. Brian Cohn, back. Bryce Clay, back from injury last season where he did not play. Uh, so you have four top attackmen back. You have Justin Brown back at the midfield. I'm expecting him to have a humongous season after what we saw from him late last season. You have Jake Bonomi back there at the midfield as well. I think that midfield unit could get even better than what we saw from them late last season. Uh, you then got Shane Call returning in cage, and you've got Andrew Dollarby returning at close. Those are your two leaders of a defense that, you know, especially the defensive midfield spot, I thought was much better last season and a defense in which kind of quietly improved. Uh, they were 24th in Division One in scoring and uh, goals allowed last season, uh, allowing 11.1 goals per game. So, like, this defense, it, defense and midfield have been kind of the issues with Michigan where they've wanted to improve things and I think they did so, maybe not to the extent in which they wanted to last year, but it's not that far off. Um, so when I look at Michigan coming into this season, I look at Michigan and, you know, we know uh, from what has been, uh, you know, put out there, or um, uh, well, it's now been taken down, but was put, put out there, the Michigan does play Virginia uh, early in the season. Michigan does bring more test to the table this season. They play Harvard again. They play Notre Dame again. And those are the two games for me that really showed this team might not be all they're cracked up to be. And that was coming off the heels of a really, really good win against Delaware and a Delaware team that went to the NCAA quarterfinals. They beat them 16-6, to I believe it was. And then they go and the offense looks stagnant against Notre Dame. They look stagnant against Harvard. Two pretty good, pretty solid defenses uh, with Jerry Bowen's blueprints, obviously, or handprints, obviously, all over it, still in South Bend, and obviously as the head coach at Harvard. Um, and they couldn't really do much against that. And then you go, you compound that into a winless Big Ten schedule, and then you lose the way you do against Ohio State in the uh, Big Ten quarterfinals. This is a Michigan team for me that I look at on paper. I look at these names. I look at the stats. I look at what they've done. I say, this is a team that is good. This is a team that should be a top 25 team coming into the year. No doubt about it. When you look at the production these guys have, especially on offense, when you look at what they've got at the faceoff dot, when you look at the guys that they have on defense and the improvements they've made, this is a team that should be a top 25 team coming into the season. However, for me, 
when I'm looking at Michigan this year, and really this is how I'm going to have to look at Michigan. And I've, I've said this multiple times before, but I think I'm going to have to look at it more through this lens than I usually have. Usually what I've looked at Michigan is, okay, can they win those key non-conference games? And can they win those conference games? I think even if they do lose to a Notre Dame of Virginia or Harvard, that, that, that is not something that I would be unexpected by. That's not something that, if I'm a Michigan fan, I would be necessarily discouraged by. Those are good teams. Those are NCAA tournament teams. Now, if you get blown out by those teams, I think that would be something to raise an eyebrow, eyebrow, out, eyebrow at. And um, maybe question whether if that's going to, that theme is going to persist in a Big Ten play. But as I'm looking at, Big, at Michigan now, I'm looking at them solely through the lens of the Big Ten. And what is Michigan going to do in the Big Ten? Michigan went winless in the Big Ten last year. Now, they had close games. They certainly did. But the fact of the matter is they did not win those games. They needed to win. Michigan, frankly, could have won, especially that Penn State game. They could have won against Hopkins. You saw these little flashes that they had, and it looked like the Michigan that we saw early on in the season against the Bellarmine, against the Cleveland State, against those teams, the cupcakes that they just rolled over. And I think from now on, you're going to have to look at Michigan in the, in the sole sense of what can they do in the Big Ten? Is Michigan better than Maryland? Probably not. Are they better than Rutgers? Probably not. And that was certainly last season. This year, the Big Ten, below Maryland, I think, is maybe a bit more up for grabs. I think Rutgers and Ohio State are those next two teams for sure. Um, but even then, they could have a slip-up. Maryland could have a slip-up. Who knows? They lose so much. Michigan, if they want to prove, like in, people have been saying for years, and I've even said it, Michigan is the sleeping giant in college class. They start recruiting right. They develop right. And they can be a very good program. They can be a program that goes to championship weekend. That is very true. This is a program, much like Penn State was, and girl, you probably still is, has a lot of untapped potential. They certainly do. And they have a lot of talent on this team. You look at the recruiting rankings. You look at the talent they have, what they've produced, the big, the all-conference selections, the All-Americans. You look at these guys, these great individual players. For Michigan, for me, what I'm looking at this season is, can they put it all together for a whole game consistently? Because you had games last year, and I keep on going back to the Notre Dame and the Hollywood games, where the offense just looked so stagnant like they couldn't do anything. And the defense, the defense in both of those games would have really good stops. And they would have just a miscommunication or a simple mistake that led to a goal the next time around. And you, when you have those things and they keep on piling up, you're going to lose games. And Michigan, like, I don't think they were that far off last season. They did go 0-8, and, and you have to acknowledge that, and that's terrible. That is a horrific thing to do, go 0-8. You win your first eight, and then you lose your second eight. That's terrible. That's, that's, that's awful. 
it is a college football program, that would be fireable. But this is college across. And so like, you have to look at that. You have to look at Michigan in the two different seasons last year. And I call it two different seasons. You had a non-conference season and a, and a, and a uh, conference season. And you could even add your Notre Dame Hollywood game into that second season if you wanted to and say your tough season and your cupcake season. Michigan was really good against the teams they should have beaten. They beat Delaware, which I thought coming into the season was probably a coin flip game. They lost to Notre Dame. They lost to Hollywood, two teams that were frankly better than them in non-conference play. And they lost to every Big Ten team. Now, should they have beaten Penn State? Probably. Should they have beaten Hopkins? You could argue that. And kind of t- tie everything together here. Michigan has, has again, has got to show what they can do in conference play. They've got to show they can not only beat the teams they're supposed to beat and should beat every time out, but they can beat the teams that on a given day they might not be favored against. They have to go out and show that we can play with the best of the best. And if they've done it before, they've had good wins before, so they can certainly do it again. But they're going to have to show it on a consistent basis throughout the season. And I'm glad to see that this is a Michigan team, a program that's scheduling tougher. I think that's going to help them. Um, I certainly think that if they put everything together, there was a lot of hope for this program, and there was a lot of hope for next season. And you look at the guys they have, what I mentioned already, Zawada, Clay, Bonomi, Brown, all these guys, Carl, Rowlett, Darby, these are fantastic players. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's a ton of freshmen coming in that I think are going to be uh, very impactful, but Lockwood being one of them. So there's a lot of promise at Michigan once again. But the question is, can they put it together? And can they achieve higher than they have in the past? Because if they can't, you're going to prove the naysayers wrong. And you've got to you've got to break out of the box that you've been in and you've got to win those games that you've not been able to in the past. Once Michigan does that, you will prove the naysayers wrong. But if you can't do that, you're going to prove them right. And you're going to prove them right every single time. All right, folks, that is it for today's episode. As always, you can connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram lacrossebucket.com where it's always lacrosse season and again you can listen to the lacrosse bucket podcast on apple podcast spotify google and multiple other podcast platforms as well as our uh, youtube channel again hit the subscribe button on those platforms hit the like button on the youtube channel leave a five-star review on apple podcast helps us grow the podcast helps us grow the show Have a great rest of the week, and I'll be back with y'all on Thursday.